Around the NFL Podcast. Refuses to apologize to Titans Twitter. From the Chris Wessling Podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. You know, Julio Jones should apologize to the Titans for stealing their money. But that's a story for a different section of today's episode. Dan Hansis. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. I don't even believe that. He didn't apologize. He tried his best. It didn't work out. Whatever. What's up, guys? I just think Titans Twitter should be happy uh, that they're so front and center on this podcast over the last year. Certainly helped out uh, by Justin Graver, the grave digger behind the glass again. But uh, now that Julio's gone, we're actually entering into the three to four month period where we no longer talk about the Titans. So enjoy today. They are a tad whiny. I, I find that to be true. Um, they, maybe they could look at themselves and say, what can we correct versus constantly hitting out at uh, us or other people that right. maybe at times aren't, are slightly nonplussed with their performance. Very well said, Mr. Sessler. Uh, this is Happy New Year. Do we have a celebration? Yeah, hit us with a little celebration, Graver, while we're at it, even though he's probably... Yeah. See, he's a professional... We just buried the Titans in the biggest of all spots, and yet right on cue. Keeps delivering. He keeps delivering. And and let's not even pretend to act like a message is not being sent behind the glass within that world now. Some of the social stuff we're seeing, the, the production value of the show. Can't do that from the, you know, the beach. You're very clear in your messaging this week, Dan. I uh, <laughs> get a little bit more mad every day. Um <laughs> Today was the day that I've been waiting for for so long. The Russell Wilson introductory press conference took place today at 2.03. Not an accident. Uh, Mountain time introduced by the Broncos as the new quarterback. And we thought it would be we, – we talked about how excited um, I was, how excited we were to to see the unintentional comedy scale get shattered. So it only made sense that uh, we uh, check out the press conference. And instead of doing something live on Twitter, as Greg had initially uh, planned, we said, why don't we, you know, do something a little more permanent podcast-wise. We'll watch it, and then we're going to have Graver cut some clips, and we're going to take in the presser that was Russ. I think maybe a little bit of a Game of Thrones finale scenario here where you're feeling a little bit let down. You were hoping for some more fireworks on Russell's, Russell's uh, part, but there was still some fun to dig into over there. Well, I think that maybe Russell Wilson uh, didn't have a total star turn in terms of like uh, cheesiness and folly, but there were other figures uh, present that I thought maybe provided... Well, one really on Mark's radar, that's for sure. Oh, man. A man who's gotten a lot of positive vibes on this show, a man that has marched the troops with grace and dignity, I think, but let's we're going to save it. We'll that is it. a tease because I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into the Russell Wilson introductory press conference, let's get you caught up in the news. And speaking of Mark Sessler, his boyhood team, his a grown man team <laughs> at the center of it all. Let's do some news. This is starting to become very, very real that the Browns are going to go to the playoff. They're in victory formation, and Baker Mayfield takes a knee, and the ball game is over, and the Cleveland Browns have made it into the NFL playoffs for the first time in 18 long years. So 
bringing up that clip uh, to get into the Baker Mayfield situation because it's in, it's kind of incredible to me that when Baker Mayfield and the Browns they clinch a playoff spot there, they beat the Steelers in the playoffs, they take the Chiefs down to the wire. That was last year. That was early 2021. And now here we are with what appears to be almost certainly the end of the Baker Mayfield era. That's how quickly things turned here uh, as the Browns um, are in the pursuit of Deshaun Watson, as we understand. And now Baker Mayfield releases a statement on his Twitter um, late yesterday um, saying that uh, whatever happens, I just want to say thank you. And sounded like a goodbye statement. Then the reporting comes out the next day. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot, she reports, it's very unlikely the Browns and Baker Mayfield have a future together. Then Chris Mortensen of ESPN comes out and says, uh, the Browns are headed for a divorce with Baker, even if the Deshaun Watson thing doesn't happen. And then the stinging uh, line, they would like to have an adult at quarterback. Mark, uh, your thoughts on, on how all of this has really spiraled in terms of the Browns and their um, security at the quarterback position. I think it spiraled quickly for us that are catching up to the news. It is pretty clear that Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, fill in the blank, have been aiming to move on from Baker Mayfield. I would say even going back as far as during chunks of last season. And it's been, there's, it's been their clear course. They've been doing, homework on Deshaun Watson for a while. We've heard Matt Ryan linked to him. We've heard Derek Carr linked to the Browns. Uh, it, I am like, as a fan, I will not even, we can get into the rest of it. I think in the context of what Baker Mayfield is, he is not perfect. And I understand organizationally the struggle on how do you, what kind of an extension do you give someone who's clearly in a different tier? Um, secondly, if you're Andrew Barry, you're constantly going to be looking to upgrade at quarterback. That you, you cannot be one of the five or six teams in the AFC without one of those guys. And I, I think Baker Mayfield, if you list the AFC quarterbacks from top to bottom, is like 11th or 12th. I mean, if you, he, he's not, but he's just, the, the floor is problematic and the ceiling is problematic with Baker Mayfield. That said, in the context of what he did for the Cleveland Browns after 25 years of shattered seasons and terrible quarterback play, me emotionally sees him differently because I do think he gave them an air of attitude uh, and he kind of came in and said, I understand I'm coming to a team that was 1-31. in 31. Let me take you to the playoffs. And frankly, like he changed that organization in a big way. He changed the expectations of the organization. He gave them an attitude and identity, not alone, but he was a big part of that. And these divorces are messy. And I think if you're a Browns fan, where I stand right now is number one, I don't like the way this is playing out. And you can ping Baker Mayfield for going on and writing a letter when someone like Jimmy G didn't do that when the Niners traded up multiple picks to get Trey Lance. They're different people. This is the Baker Mayfield experience. But secondly, when I hear things like they're looking for an adult and they're con- con- you know, concurrently doing homework and meeting with Deshaun Watson, I've been a Browns fan since 1986. That's longer than a ton of people listening to the show have even been on the earth. I get that. It's mostly sucked. And you stick around because of loyalty, because you think that the minute that you bounce this thing that's been this ugly is probably going to leave you behind and go somewhere glorious. I don't really care where it goes right now. I am out on this team. And I'm not saying that as some sort of grandstanding, look at me type of thing. I'm not. I The energy around what they're doing right now 
is as negative as anything that the Browns have authored as since I've followed this team, and there have been a lot mm. of bad things, and I just I can't follow, I cannot connect the dots on how they think this is going to connect with one of the best fan bases in sports. I understand that will be a divided fan base, but I am de-energized by it. It's as cynical as, as you can get um, following a sports team, and my energy is not with them right now. Because of Watson. Because of Watson, the Baker Mayfield thing. The yes, question, the Baker stated. Mayfield thing is a byproduct of that, and I don't like how that's playing out either. In in a vacuum, I have no problem with them looking to upgrade from Baker Mayfield to fill in the blank quarterback that they just simply believe in more, whether it's a draft pick or something else. I don't. I cannot like imagine a version of me getting into rah rah mode for Deshaun Watson a month from now or in the middle of next season. It just is. It's the one pursuit and the one angle and the one answer that I just don't really find. And they're not the Browns aren't alone on this, but it does like you were speaking, Greg, and you spoke really eloquently on it. The situation with Deshaun Watson and how the media has covered that situation. Like let's pay attention here to what's going on in the NFL right now with ownership and teams that are rolling out the red carpet for Deshaun Watson and hosting him and hoping that he picks them. Like, that is some grim business as well around Watson, and I totally get it, Mark. You know, you know, you and I, we have that shared bond, unfortunately, of when you think you have a guy at quarterback and he's not the guy, and, and look at that draft, 2018, Baker won, Darnold three, and now both guys will probably be history from their teams. They could be competing against each other in Carolina. <laughs> they could, they certainly could be, but I think what makes this situation different is, first of all, Baker had some legitimate success, um, and, and B, how quickly things changed on the surface, like you're saying, but behind the scenes, it sounds like, Greg, the Browns have not been sold on Baker for a long time, and that's and that's now what's coming out in public. Well, I know, I'm not trying to make this all about us, but or about you, Dan, but, I mean, let's bring up the elephant in the room. Tony Grossi was on our show last week with the Flashpoint series. Right. Talking Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Right. And, um, you know, he he pointed out they weren't even interested in signing him to a long term extension uh, when they put up 48 on the Steelers in the playoffs. And that that was telling. And um, it's a huge win uh, for the Flashpoint series. I mean, I know there's a lot Thank to you. digest here, but ultimately we, we look at the la- the first two Flashpoints. <laughs> Who are they? Well, yes. Well, let, play. The- hey, here you go, Justin. Go ahead. <laughs> And it should be noted that we're about to get to the news with Carson Wentz, who's the latest big-name quarterback to be moved in a trade. Uh, Ricky, I believe, hit me the horns again. I believe he was the first subject of the Flashpoint series. (laughs) It's about getting in front of the story, not reacting to the story. That's what the Flashpoint's about. Right. Looking backwards, we could have done it on an, any number of Anybody quarterbacks. Anybody can do that. Because we are doing it on Baker, it, it suggests, you know, almost energy-wise that something massive will happen with Baker Mayfield <laughs> That's a good in the next 10 to right. 14 days. Wow. I may have brought this up too early in the conversation. The only, but... the only thing we got wrong was it wasn't 10 to 14 days. It was seven. That is wild. <laughs> we almost could misuse this power and make the next flashpoint – Series Ooh. about anything that we know mm. will end in right. chaos about that, a week well, later. There's another way to look at it too, and now the, the war train maybe. is off the tracks. Try, try to fix the war, but when good. you with the Carson Wentz and Baker Mayfield, when you have the Godfather Part One and Godfather Part Two to start a series, maybe you walk away. 
Maybe maybe <laughs> that's right. how it ends. Maybe that's we don't want Godfather yeah, Part Three. That, yep. it's a it's a great point. Um, <laughs> and and I I am annoyed that uh, just personally that like. I didn't feel like seeing this coming a week or, or three weeks ago when we were talking about it late in the season. I mean, you guys remember that? I was, I was kind of standing on the table thinking when those right. stories came out about Stefanski, and and I went back and read through some of them this morning. There was some in December where he was unhappy with the play calling. And then there was a lot on the record. He talked about how the protection wasn't great. He talked about how they were too conservative three weeks before that. He called out Mary Kay and say, I I won't be your puppet in the exact same week that he was quoted after the game complaining about Stefanski. And I I thought that was a, a rough moment. And if they weren't, ready to move on, like that's going to inform it because an adult in the room, it makes sense to me in the sense that he doesn't seem like he's brought his team along with him. You hear whispers. It's not just the Odell thing, but that the locker room maybe is not totally in love with him. And I think that's where he's getting at for the adult thing. And, And you can see it in some of the ways he acts. Even the statement that you mentioned on Tuesday night, to me, it's it's it reads to me as phony. It, it, it reads to me as phony in the sense that you're trying to put this out there um, to win some sort of PR battle or you're, or you're just the narrative. In your, or you're just in your feelings. And that's totally understandable, too. But but it just feels a, a little phony to me and that he's playing this public game. The part that I totally respect what you're saying, Mark, about the adult in the room is you're doing um, you're saying that at the same time that you're going after Deshaun Watson, who's been accused of all these sexual misconducts, and you're essentially using those cases as a way to get Deshaun Watson. Like it, it, it's like the darkest way to use analytics or Moneyball or market inefficiency possible, and that's not really and, being the adult in the room hello, either. Right? Hello. Like if you're if you have a source connected to the, to the Browns telling Mortensen. We want an adult at QB. You're trying to trade that guy. Why are you like messing with your own leverage trying to move Baker Mayfield out of the picture when you're putting it out there that he's immature and is not a leader of men? It's I that's frustrating. But the other part of it before, Mark, that um before the Baker statement came out, we were texting yesterday and I was like, Why don't they just run it back with Baker? All these teams are just running it back with these mid tier guys and guys they're not sure about the at least the Browns have a guy with some history, but again, that's before a lot has happened since that text exchange between you and I that we just there's more to it now. There's more layers than just Baker's shoulder was hurt and now let's give him a chance to get back on track. They want a fresh start. Yeah, and I think the relationship, everything that Greg mentioned is too fractured and has been fractured and their intentions and how they feel about make Baker Mayfield is super clear to Baker Mayfield. And like him or not, he is not a personality. You know, in contrast, there are reports that Matt Ryan understood the Falcons may look into X, Y, and Z. Like Jimmy G a year they ago. They talked to Matt Ryan, right. though, and they didn't to Baker. Yeah, well, That's the thing. <laughs> like with Baker's response, I think is part of baked into what the... Cleveland Browns want in a quarterback or don't want. And that's why you're hearing about these options. Like, do I want Derek Carr more than Baker Mayfield? I mean, I guess not forever, but it's like they're simply trying to find a different personality and a different person. It kind of reminds me of what happened with Carson Wentz and the Colts because it wasn't just Carson Wentz's play. Not that alone, at least. And so it this constant need to upgrade, I get that if it were a video game. Uh, on, the, on the flip side, I think that the Browns fan in me, and I think a lot of Browns fans would feel in 
general, that how quickly this period of hope went from this unusual new feeling as a fan to completely window closed. Like, Dan, you talked about them having a Super Bowl window, and I said it's a, it's the window on a dollhouse because it's, <laughs> it's to me, not a legit window, and it's, it's getting good, smaller by the minute. They got some good players. I think it's it's a football decision, though, too. All the leadership stuff would be swept under the rug if he was Russell Wilson. And and this does remind me of the Russell Wilson divorce too. Like it happens to the greats of the greats. So if you're a middle tier guy like Baker, it, it's it's probably inevitable that it's going to get ugly. To me, it, it's more about football ultimately than anything. It, it's about leadership and that he makes it about himself. And I guess when I'm saying it was phony, like that's a, it, even the injury stuff that Mary Kay wrote about that, that was one of the bones of contention that they both handled the injury stuff differently and how that plays in the locker room. And even thinking back a couple of years, how he said either you're on this train or you're not when Duke Johnson asked for a trade, like and how that's going to play in the locker room. That That's maturity. But if he was Russell Wilson or he was Aaron Rodgers, we're not having this conversation. And I think his limitations as a player are real. He can throw it. I mean, he's miles better than Sam Darnold. He's, I think, a mid-level starting quarterback. The things he does well are great. I mean, if he sees the throw, he's a beautiful thrower of the ball. Deep, short, accurate, whatever. But he doesn't have the processing and seeing the field. And maybe part of it is the height, but people that really study the tape says he doesn't see the middle of the field. He doesn't react quick enough. And then all those sacks that you take, if you play like Russell Wilson, you got to make up for it with athleticism and creativity. And he just doesn't quite get you there. And so then all the other stuff comes into play. Do we want to deal with this guy when really there's not that much of a difference between him and whoever we get behind door number two? I think he, you know, he has a little more upside than Jimmy G. He's got a little, certainly more upside than Case Keenum or Brissett, but is like the difference between the two that big that you want to keep him when you know he's not your future? No. I think no. you see what you can get for him now. If Carson Wentz can get you two-thirds, Baker Mayfield still got some value. I saw MJD in the newsroom, and he was he basically said that Baker Mayfield in a good way raised the expectations high for Cleveland, but he himself couldn't reach the expectations that he helped create. And it's like, that is the problem with a mid-tier quarterback. And again, I don't have a problem with moving on, but there is a scenario where they move on to almost nothingness unless there are multiple avenues of strategy, which I would assume there are with Andrew Barry, that if this doesn't work out, you're going else somewhere else, but you're going to lose the fan base, a big chunk of the fan base for how this has gone down. I, I guess my the natural question is, okay, Baker's not the guy in 2022. And if they don't end up with with Deshaun Watson, who is the quarterback in Cleveland for a roster that, yeah, the window is different sizes depending on who you ask in terms of their viability as a contender this year. But they're in a very vulnerable position now. Uh, Ryan, potentially. Carr, I guess. Jimmy, Jimmy G. Jameis Winston. Like, is Baker a difference? Between, is Baker much better than any of those guys? I would say no. Would you, you ever draft worse one? And then you got couple. the 13th pick in the draft? Yeah, uh, interesting setup. And if if I am the if I'm another team, if I'm Seattle, if I'm Indianapolis, I would think Baker would become like what Carson Wentz is in Washington. Uh, some of these other deals we're seeing, where it's like, okay, or you know, Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh, we'll take a flyer on this guy. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, and then we can move on. He has one year left right. in his contract, and, and he has the the shine of being a number one overall draft pick of having some really effective stretches of play in the NFL. Look, he played really well as a rookie. I think the league caught up to him a little bit. He certainly played well at the end of 
2020. I think he's a much better player in, than Carson Wentz, for instance, and I think he'll have a little more value. He makes a lot of sense to me with Seattle. It just feels like a Seattle it does. move. It I've, does. Ne- I've never bought that they want to rebuild. I think they would see his attitude. He's on the final year of his contract. As long as he doesn't want a big new contract, it, I could totally see them giving up a second-round pick for him. If not them, then yeah, you mentioned the Colts, uh, the Panthers. I I, I think he's a very tradable asset. So it make like they don't regret giving them the fifth year option. They had no choice. Of course, they had to a year ago at this time. They weren't even giving him the long term deal. Don't, don't turn I, this into a bonfire of the vanity situation now, where you where you go back and forth in the media saying what a bad guy and teammate he is. I mean, like, we're halfway just, there. Just. Get, make the trade at this point and, and try to move forward. They, they're not going to have control because players are going to talk. Like Duke Johnson already sent out that, right. that tweet. And I think there's some people who he rubbed the wrong way that but are going to get their shots. The doesn't need in. to be leaking yes. things to the more yes. to the world. Mark, I want you to have the final word on this just because uh, obviously it's such a seismic thing around the Browns. When things were good with Baker and the Browns, it was a lot of fun, though. Like be, when he because he always had that swagger going back to college when he put the flag at midfield at Ohio <laughs> State like he was always that dude and when that got paired with him playing well like in that Pittsburgh game that back half of that season it really did feel like he had something there and it was a nice run I guess well especially during his rookie year when I think he was playing fast and loose and not in the even the current system that I don't think is the greatest system for Baker Mayfield and you know I would sit home at night and actually turn on like NFL films. And it was like these 16 minute long featurettes on like live sound of Baker Mayfield during a game. And he's like making fun of Freddie Kitchens when Freddie Kitchens was still an assistant. And then he's throwing an 80 yard touchdown. It's like, I have never seen this as a Browns fan as an adult. You go back to when I was in middle school. I don't even remember what was happening back then. It felt incredibly hopeful and it's all so quickly changed mm. and uh, I mean you got to check yourself at the door if you get too bought in on one of these teams because the way the He's NFL works though like there's no I'm not a bus I was trying to even separate him from like a a Wentz because it's just he's in the middle it's crazy to think but he gave us that moment though with Chris with Wes on our show he gave us that playoff win that we all got to Mm -hmm. enjoy together uh, one of Chris's last times on the show and it was awesome it was awesome for Browns fan to see them win that game and and the crazy thing looking back is and I went to look at the PFF grades and stuff those three games he played to get into the playoffs over Pittsburgh and then to beat Pittsburgh. And then the the divisional round, I thought he played fantastic. That was as good a three-game stretch as he ever had. Like, he had some brilliant moments. He played well when it mattered the most, but I just don't think they saw him as the long-term guy. Yeah, and last year hurt him a lot. Mm. Uh, it, while we're talking about the Browns, a couple other notes. Austin Hooper... By the way, great example, Austin Hooper, this time of year in free agency, so much money is handed out, and a lot of these deals don't work out. The Browns gave him uh, three years to $24 million a couple of years back in free agency. They cut ties with the tight end now. So Hooper is out of the picture in Cleveland. And what else was there? They signed Jakeem Grant, one of the most fun uh, kind of fourth receiver punt returners in the league. I like Jakeem Grant. There you go. All right, we got a lot more to get to. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. In other news, non-Browns related, uh, the Raiders, they add to their pass rush with Chandler Jones. A nice move here uh, by Las Vegas. Man, the AFC West has a lot of juice to it. Let's, let's, uh, let's be honest. Chandler Jones now gets to line up 
um, with another big time pass rusher. And you get you get the idea here with Max Crosby that all these teams, it's become an arms race now. How do we stop all these big time quarterbacks? Jones has been uh, I don't think anyone has more sacks than Jones since he came into the league. That's a nice get, right? I think this was about relationships, too, because obviously we know that Chandler Jones can play still. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, these are former Patriots guys. They have Patrick Graham as their defensive coordinator. Patrick Graham worked with Chandler Jones as a D-line coach or a linebacker's coach in both positions back in New England. And it's like you ship out certain players, you bring in guys who are going to fit your system, and I like the fit because I think Chandler Jones is, is someone that produces year after year, and I mean, it's not just the, what do you have, the five sacks in week one a, a year ago, it's like he's, he was a little up and down last year, but in general, he's been very consistent, and you know he can bring the heat in a quarterback, in a division with tons of quarterbacks. That's a wild passerist duo. Crosby and Jones, it's funny, Arizona gave all that money to J.J. Watt and, and ended up losing Jones at least partly because of it. They made they made that choice, and but it, it makes sense with a new coaching staff coming in. They they ship out Yannick Ngakwe uh, to Indianapolis for uh, a cornerback, Rakia Sin. So they also the Raiders also get uh, a guy who will be projected to start at cornerback for them, who had a pretty nice bounce back, good second year. The Colts seem to like him. That that's a fair trade. A good I like it. Good move for the Colts. Um, but I I like. I like Josh McDaniels and the and the Raiders knowing that they're going to have to be better on defense uh, in that division. All these teams have great pass rushers, though, on paper. The Chargers, the Broncos, the Chiefs are probably the ones that are trailing right now in, in terms of that. And Ngakwe is going to join Gus Bradley again. So it's again, it's like coach bringing <laughs> guy in he knows will fit his system. That's his third third time. That's his Fifth team in four years, you know, a little bit of a red flag there. But he he is a good he is a Job good passer, jumper. and they they need it. That the Colts need it. They had to give up something to get it, but that's a good deal of NBA like three team trade almost type business uh, for them both to get something out of that. Uh, speaking of things that looked good on paper, Julio Jones was acquired by the Titans last offseason for a second-round pick. He was supposed to form a double-alpha scenario with A.J. Brown on the opposite ends of the Tennessee offensive attack. It never really came to fruition. Jones once again battled a lot of injury issues. Uh, did put some good tape out there as well, but overall, it was a disappointment. So the Titans say we're getting out of this business. Uh, they released Julio Jones reportedly will be designated a post June first cut saves Tennessee nine and a half million against the cap this year. Um, Grave digger. The Titans gave up a second and a fourth round pick for Jones last June, uh, but it never really connected. Are you OK with them moving on and trying to get younger and a little more dynamic uh, and trustworthy at the position? Yeah, I think it was the right move to go for him, you know, see if the hamstring issues were just a one-year deal in 2020. Obviously, they ended up not being a ham like they obviously hampered him all season long. He didn't score his first touchdown until the last game of the year. He did have 6 catches or 62 yards in the playoff game, but he wasn't on the field for Ryan Tannehill's last throw of the game, targeting Nick Westbrook Akina instead. And the ball obviously intercepted. Why wasn't he on the field? Because the hamstring issue cropped up again, and he couldn't be out there. And I think that this was the right move. We had a reputation as a guy uh, that never practiced, and his body's starting to fall apart. Like just a a supreme athlete that maybe didn't have the reputation as always putting in the work and practice. And this isn't just casting aspersions on him. Just look at the practice reports since 2018. He hasn't practiced like since from September to January and he's turning 33 
Uh, I'm with you, Graver. It made sense to me at the time, and yet he's. I put him at number fifty. We we uh, we combined here as a group. Good group. Uh, what do they call it? Think tank. Think tank. We were watching I the Russell Wilson. I a word of advice to him. Jumped in. I was just like, where should we put him? And we saw. We thought like between Will Fuller and Marquez Valdez Scantling, that feels about right. Right in the middle. It's worth worth a shot. Digger, I have a question for you. Digger. <laughs> 26 pick in the draft. Good wide receiver draft. Would they they have other needs? Would they ever dial one up? I mean, they they can't just not address that position. As a fan, I'm hoping that Chris Olave falls to 26 and ends up in Tennessee. And I'll ask you this, uh, Digger, because uh, the Titans Film Room podcast covers all things Titans. You and uh, James Esparza. <laughs> Uh, is this call for an emergency <laughs> podcast, or how does it work with your no, uh, uh, James program. is a, an old co-host, actually. We, I'm with uh, Justin Mello of, so the, not draft, with him. of the Draft Network what, these days. What happened there? Oh, I mean, no. no. Graver's breaking up. You know, no, this is a lot of breakups when Graver's involved. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Wait, that, that's not the... That's not the yeah, let's other hope man. he's not linked to the other no, situation no, no, that you're no. embroiled in. No, James is a friend. We're 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 cool. He just didn't want to do the pod anymore, and we went in a different direction. We, we got. I, got I tried to give you a pop and get your buddy's name on I the show, and, it. Ca- and then I found out you fired the guy. So. <laughs> Justin Mello writes for the Draft Network. He's he's there a great go. insider. He's the co-host nowadays. We talked about. We did our pod last night. So we said this was a big possibility and covered it briefly. Well, they had literally point. they had no cap space going into <laughs> the league year starting. Uh, I, I believe they had like less than a million. They were less than a million over, and so now they get ten, but they don't get it till June first. They they unless they make any other moves, they are not going to be particularly active. The team that you got uh, is the team that that you have, and I and I really think that Harold Landry contract. Not that it was a mistake, but I. I think it gummed up the works in free agency here of none of these pass rushers wanted to take less than Harold Landry. Like Chandler Jones came in for pretty much Harold Landry's contract and it took him three years on the open market to get it. Greg, counterpoint. Yes. Great job by the Titans. You've gone and gotten your guy, but you've you've mucked up the market and caused so much consternation that no other team is going to add a pass rusher. <laughs> Eventually, I that mean... That is next level strategy. They'll, they'll right. sign. It's like what the Jags did with Christian Kirk. Bingo. Because Von, Von Miller still out Jaguars, there. Titans, Jaguars, AFC title game. Melvin Ingram. Oh, there's still a, there's a lot of guys out there. Still looking. In uh, other news, the G-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we thought that we end up with so Mr. Stupid. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, they didn't end up with Mitch Trubisky. As I said, he lands with the Steelers to be their starter, maybe. Uh, so the Giants pivot. They sign Tyrod Taylor formerly of the Texans, formerly of everyone, to a two-year, $11 million contract. This is right there, Greg. That is the contract for the, like, good, you know, top backup slash maybe I'll be your starter contract. That's the money, right? That's it. I was surprised he got this much. He got 8.2 guaranteed, so a little more than Mitch, a little more than Teddy uh, Bridgewater in Miami. That's got to annoy you. No, it's fine. I mean, they were all in the same ballpark, but the fact that Tyrod got it was surprising because he he didn't have a good year in Houston. I mean, I know it was a tough situation, but Davis Mills certainly outplayed him when he came back from that injury. He's turning, what, 33, and this contract would indicate like he's probably going to play if they have a losing record. Well, the Bills front office guys know him from 2017, and that's the Giants general manager right now. I... I like what I like about this. I like about Teddy Bridgewater. I like about 
Uh, Drew Locke, assuming the Seahawks don't do something totally stupid and not add another quarterback, they are properly slotted for the rest of the offseason. Well, we will not talk about them unless we are exorbitant because we're not going to have to hear about Tyrod Taylor being sold to us. a lot of us. shows to fill, I buddy. know, but we're not going to have to hear about Tyrod Taylor being sold to us as a starter. And no, okay, sorry, it's 1B. Or, You're or just Teddy, happy it's just like, 1B. They're just in the mix where they should be. You're a quality backup. Enjoy Wait, it. Did we ever talk, Teddy, on this show with, with Miami? Did we it did. Fall we we, we absolutely covered it. I can tell you what. Has we'll, your we'll short-term be, memory been compromised? We, in we'll, be talking, we'll be talking some, Teddy. <laughs> we'll be talking some some Tyrod. Uh, yeah, these contracts used to go to like Chase Daniel. I, it, somehow the prices have not gone up. I, I had a conspiracy from a, 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 from someone that was like, what's going on? It's like our team's... Are teams uh, capping these prices at these positions or something? Uh, mm. I'm actually surprised that they haven't been that high. That's called collusion. Right, GM that would or be. GM, that just would simply be. the general manager app, the GM app. The GM app would straighten <laughs> right. things right. out. Hey, no one, like Teddy, we can all agree, Teddy, Mitch, Tyrod, yeah. they're all about the same. Let's let's all slot them in right around here. And I know this from painful experience, and the Giants learned it or experienced it firsthand uh, last year. You do not want to have no true plan at backup quarterback when you have two bums as your backups guys with no experience or of success and you end up you end up with Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm and uh, we get stuck with that on right. like Thursday night football well, then which how is do you feel about disservice. the Jets plan here they just re-signed Flacco and gave the original round tender to Mike White which is actually 2.4 like million I'm into it okay. those those are back like they're fine. Joe Flacco is going to be perfectly mediocre to bad but not embarrassing that, He's actually you know, stepped in and been better than you would have imagined right. the last couple Not of years. Not fun to when watch, played, but, but I, I but hear when you. Have a, when you get in a situation where your backups are dreadful, you become unwatchable, and there's no progress that the organization can have in any way, even if you're in rebuilding. It just ruins Got everything. Got Judge fired. That in the press conference. I, I think with five or six games left we in the season, he, he had a pretty good chance to return. You'll blow it in other news of Darius Smith. <laughs> hey, the Patriots got a uh, quarterback's coach out of it or something. That's that's who we want. What a win. That's who what we want guiding that? Mac Jones's future. Joe Judge. <laughs> What's going on over there? They've got like three coaches and it's just it's just Belichick, Patricia, and Judge. <laughs> I think they're not what is like they Patricia moved into too, like the I mean. territory of not trying. <laughs> yeah, they showed They're not trying. Patricia and, and Belichick were down at the Georgia Pro Day today. It's too much Patricia. Yeah, Greg Bedard's writing. It's like, yeah, Patricia's like the second most powerful guy in the organization. It's like, what is happening? It's like who are the the there's like three uh, disgraced is a strong word, but the guys that were like, by the time they were fired, it was like, oh my God, get this guy out of my building. Matt Patricia in Detroit, Joe Judge with the Giants, and then the other guy I could think of off the top of my head, well, you could say Ryan, you could say uh, Matt Nagy, but I was thinking of Adam Gase, who I think also was in talk with the Patriots at some point, well, or at least it was reported. Some Daniels, who was it an ultra disgrace happened. in Denver, and then had like the 32nd scoring offense in St. Louis, mm. and then he's brought back to the comfortable cottage of New England to do his little thing. I, I, if we were uh, allowed to go to the desert, and we're not, we're in league Unless we're going to the draft. And I don't know if they have these things, but like I now know why. I now feel like I know why Josh McDaniels. It's like Steve Belichick is absolutely going to be the next coach of the New England Patriots. I just feel that so strong, and I don't know when that'll be. Maybe it won't be Congrats. for another decade. We're heading there. Uh, Zadarius Smith <laughs> is back with the Ravens, the veteran defensive end, back to Baltimore on a four-year, thirty-five million dollar deal. He began his career with the Ravens. 
had some success with the Ravens, turned that into a big deal with the Packers in 2019, had a couple of really nice years in Green Bay, then got hurt, and then a salary cap casualty. So he heads back to Baltimore. Mark, exactly those type of annoying Ravens moves as a fan of an AFC North team where you can just imagine him beginning uh, a nice run at a second chapter of Baltimore. I mean, if 10 days ago you tweeted that the Ravens were going to get Marcus Williams and Darius Smith, uh, who I totally trust will thrive in that system, it would be an ab- it would be viewed as an absolute win for Baltimore. They do this every year. This is why they will be a playoff team once again. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> they just they just need to be healthy. They must have checked out his back pretty extensively because he you know missed all of almost all of last season with a back injury. That's pretty serious. Maybe that's why he didn't get signed until Wednesday. Who knows? Uh, but they they need they needed guys up front. Derek Wolf might retire. Brandon Williams is a free agent. Calais Campbell is a free agent. Justin Ellis is a free agent. So they don't have many players up there. Did you say it was pretty, you know, heated earlier? Definitely was giving you some space and respect, but did you say you were out on the Browns again? You're not out on the Browns. Yeah, he led I, with I, that. I absolutely yes. will be out. It, this is different. Is this is though? different. I and I, I understand I, like, I understand is, that you yeah. also will never whenever I say <laughs> no. that, you will never buy it. But that was well, typical. Why would that we was, buy it? No, yeah, to be fair. No, because also, they, like the million has people the landscape listening. not changed. No yeah. one buys it. <laughs> The landscape, this is a different situation. Well, it kind of depends this is how different. this goes, though. Let's say Jimmy G is your is the Browns quarterback, and they make – I like the other moves they've made so far. That's it. He's I back like in. their roster. Would Jimmy G and Kevin Stefanski – I mean, and I already know the answer to this. Oh, the be hottest the mo- couple, the, yes. The, the juiciest <laughs> See, combination You, are, yeah, you love Jimmy G. No, but even that will not lure me back in, and that alone oh should not God. be a reason. We haven't heard anything about Jameis. No, nah, they're not going to go Come on. Come no on. No interest. Mark, come on. This is this go, is different. If, this if isn't they get Johnny Manziel. And you start, you know, we're going to see a Friday night about 8 p.m. We start seeing the tweets of like side by shot side shots of Jimmy G and Stefanski is like hottest coach quarterback combo in history. You're telling me that's not going to happen. I don't know. I have two sons. Maybe <laughs> I decide like what team they like and we we go on a new journey together. My my son Walker heard <laughs> JC Jackson sign with the Chargers. That was his favorite player and he said oh, I get, I'm going to be a Chargers fan now. If the Chargers and the Patriots play, I'm going to the Chargers. I don't know if that's really going to stick, a, but in the moment I'll just become a tennis fan. Said. I'll join Greg's tennis podcast <laughs> yeah, along I, with this. That would be fun. I, I had a major breakthrough in my house because now my eldest, Jack, who's seven, is starting to kind of get into sports in, in a more meaningful way. I haven't pressured him with any of it in terms of following the leagues, but they've started to watch. I'll come in the room. They'll just be watching, you know, clips like 100 greatest plays of the 2021 season. That's how it starts. And then um, I we were having dinner on Tuesday and I said, oh, uh, the Jets signed because they're like kind of into the Bengals after the run. I was like the Jets uh, signed one of the former Bengals players. I called him a receiver, um, referring to tight end CJ Uzama. And uh, Jack goes, oh, number one? He signed number one? Whoa. I was like, oh, Jamar Chase? Yeah, yeah, he's really good. I was like, oh, it's happening. Uh, it's becoming ingrained, yes. The Our league, the shield, is taking another soul. Do they think it's cool that you work for no. our league? Yeah, yeah, I find that that doesn't translate. Care. That part does not seem to be. But we've talked about it on the show. Like right. you could, you hear the same thing from like Hollywood stars or uh, Tom Brady. I'm not like, sure it's the same thing. No, but, it's like yeah. they don't care. Right. The kid, the children, the of. kids. It doesn't right. matter. So obviously, podcast host. Uh, that is not going to get a lower them. rung. Yeah. A lower rung potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're a columnist for NFL.com. <laughs> Papa, Daddy, that was cool. Twelve years ago. <laughs> 
All right. In other news, <laughs> the Jaguars are at it again. <laughs> Darius Williams, cornerback, formerly of the Rams, three years, thirty million, eighteen million guaranteed. This there's always a team. They're the drunken sailor of free agency, but also it hits on this thing that annoys me as someone that's bad at math. What what the hell is the salary cap and how does it actually work? At what point do they run out of forty million dollar contracts to hand out? There's got to be well, a, a ceiling. They had the most cap space, I believe, other than the Colts going into free agency. So they had a lot to spend. You spread it out. You know, you put the I understand money. that, but at a certain point, yeah, they, they've given out twenty-seven, forty million dollar uh, contracts. Like basic, like the way that your mind would <laughs> wrap true. around basic logic math, it doesn't add up, or it makes my mind start like to. Like the cap says they still have thirteen left. I don't know if that includes. <laughs> I mean, Darius. What are we doing I don't here? think that includes Darius Williams, though. So they've, they've added everyone else. I, I think nobody's really tracking it. And it's all the honor system, and people aren't really like, like, oh, all the signings suck anyway. So that theory also does it, not work. It, this is where the pay scale uh, conspiracy comes in, because like, how is Darry- Darius Williams good player, feisty? But it's like, how is he slotted just below Carlton Davis and J- J.C. Jackson? There was very little room between the top. There's some weird stuff going on there in the secondary. And, and, the, and the next level of guys. They also seem like they have three outside corners, and they don't really have a slot corner, uh, which was the same situation they were in last year. Well, it's and Shaq it tr- Griffin? It, yeah, Shaq Griffin and uh, Tyson Campbell, who they drafted. And then... Trent Balky, who just people like to make fun of. And remember, he is the guy. And I think my theory here is he, he saw his football Balky. mortality. He he knows he was lucky sort of to get one more crack at the apple. So he's just got to spend as much money as he possibly can because he knows he's gone next year. If it, if it doesn't work, uh, he in, in talking up Darius Williams, like, oh, if you don't think he can cover outside, just watch him cover Christian Kirk. That and was an absurd. It, and then everyone was like, "Wait, you just gave Christian Kirk like eighteen million? Is that is that the point you want to be making?" I think also to your question, Dan, like the Jaguars are going to have to pay more money than a thriving Super Bowl contender that someone wants to go to because sure. it's in a great city and you're a Ooh, megastar. What's wrong, Jackson? Shots it's a nice on the city, city dude. I, I would, I, I'm no not, income tax. I don't know it very well enough to say that it's not a great city, but I would not call it an NFL mecca. It's got probably the okay. smallest NFL. Lo- okay, that's fair. Media base. If I there had is. to rank the cities, if I was an NFL player that I would want to play in, I feel like Jacksonville's coming in the top half, weather alone. It helps that the, it's a warm top weather half. city, but it's not like well, it's the no tax, income tax. Yeah, they've also, tax, they've so. also weather, since 2012, top half, top half. they have spent over a billion dollars in free agency, more than any other team in the league. And I think they have the most losses since that time, too. So this model is not even and, boom or bust. It's it's largely bust. And they, they, they're very analytics heavy. They <laughs> they always sign PFF favorites. What is so funny to you? Dan uh, wanted to get in and move on. No, just Jags. that I... I don't know. The last couple of shows, I'm like, when I think about why is the show so much longer now than it used to be? And then it's like, we just talk and we talk <laughs> yeah, and we talk. Good stuff. I know. We're yeah, not going to have anything though. to talk about in May and June. <laughs> and by the way, just to make uh, make it clear, as I go into a needless aside, um, you could say cooking with grease. You could say cooking with gas. But there's no such thing, Greg, as one crack of the apple. One more bite of the apple. Well, I know that. I only said that once, right? That was just a... a no, map. you just said it earlier. I, I did was, it again? I was poised like a what cobra. Are you, what are you in your mind envisioning when you bite say that? Apple, bite at the apple. Bite at the apple. Bite of the that's apple. That's a, a malapropism or something? Yeah. How about that? Mala, is it malapropism? They probably said that wrong, too. I'm not getting involved in this one. This one. Gravedigger, can you give us the correct pronunciation of... I think it's I think I nailed it. 
I think I nailed it. In other news, Marcus May is on the move, the former second-round pick of the Jets, who had some nice years there, same draft as Jamal Adams. Uh, then blew his Achilles in a contract year, and, and that seemed like bad news all the way around. But it turns out that he still got a nice contract from the Saints, three years, $28.5 million contract. The Saints, of course, lost Marcus Williams to the Ravens on Wednesday. So this is their guy uh, that's going to be the replacement. A couple of caveats here. One, as I mentioned, blew that Achilles in November. So we don't know where the 29-year-old is in terms of his rehab. Also, he's facing a suspension connected to a DUI that he failed to report mm. to the team uh, late, early last year, I believe it was. So he'll probably be suspended, but maybe that will dovetail nicely with his recovery period. Might but be, anyway. Usually that's one game. May's a good player. Uh, not, a, not a transcendent player. Not Marcus Williams. Uh, but the Saints could have done worse as long as he's healthy. It's like the rare guy got drafted at 24. Like he's suddenly 29, but he's not been in our lives that right. long. There, there's that defense is loaded. You know, you you kept Dennis Allen to maximize it. Their secondary looks pretty awesome. Lattimore, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Malcolm Jenkins is still there. You add May. PJ Williams is a free agent. Uh, I I am curious. I'm very curious about how this team is going to look, and they are reportedly the most likely team for Deshaun Watson. And, th- and there was even a report that if Sean Payton was around, they were not going after the Watson. Dennis and, Allen is pushing for And that for Allen is pushing for it. And that is one difference uh, that you're getting with the Dennis Allen era. Interesting. Malapropism. Malapropism. What'd you say? That's what I said. You got it. Good for you. Thank you, Justin. Of course. You know, you know when you can't uh, quickly look up something like that and then feed it right into the show and help us? can't do that from the beach no but greg one reason the only reason that we're bringing that word up is because you did something very strange to an apple verbally previous so i'd say you're one and one on the season so i mean it's like what do you mean i just whatever you, the you, phrase you're taking, you're taking a crack sort. at an apple and then it doesn't you make any sense deciphered what you had done there language wise but you got the apple thing out of the gate caused problems for the listener well that's a great Point, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Seahawks signed defensive end Uchenna Nwasu, formerly of the Chargers, two years, $20 million contract. Also in the news, uh, Ravens signed former Jets lineman Morgan Moses. Kyle Allen, the quarterback, heads to the Texans. Uh, what does that mean? Maybe Dave, Davis Mills is going to get a real shot at that job. The, Na- the Raiders cut Carl Nassib. Uh, the situational pass rusher, also the first openly gay NFL player. I'm going to keep an eye on that one, uh, see what kind of market he has. Uh, Brian Balaga, the Chargers uh, cut ties with the offensive lineman and the Washington football team. No, the Commanders release Matt Ioannidis, Brandon Flowers Eric of the Flowers, Killers. Eric Flowers. <laughs> I, I... Landon Collins and Jim Everett. <laughs> The Shazier Everett. The Nuosu signing was good. The Seahawks are spending money. I I like him as a as a pass rusher. The Raiders cut ties with the top ten highest paid players of the John Gruden era. Every single one of them is gone. Nick Kwiatkowski is another guy that they hit it and quit today. I don't think Nassib will have any problem uh, getting a job. He's a good kind of backup rotational end. He had a pretty good year, but he had an $8 million cap figure. Same with Kwiatkowski, who's a pretty solid player, but was just overpaid. And, and McDaniels is not the guy that's going to come in and 
keep the old guys around who don't really fit. He's just going to cut everyone. The other thing that happened was J.D. McKissick from the Commanders went to the Bills on a two-year deal for $7 million, and then today decided to go back to Washington uh, for the same deal. I thought he would have fit really well in Buffalo, but, they, I, you know. They needed some positive PR, I feel like, because Ioannidis and his agent uh, called them liars, said they lied right to their face that they weren't going to get released and did him dirty at the last minute. He's a nice player. I think he's he's in the top uh, 80 or so now in the, in the top 101. And I don't feel like the Carson Wentz uh, trade has gotten the people as excited uh, as like maybe you would want a new franchise quarterback to excite, excite them. So they're, they've asked Carson Wentz to, to oh, do no. him a favor on social. Oh, no. What's up, Commanders fans? Carson Wentz here, just landed in D.C. I'm excited to get to work, excited to uh, come in and compete. And, uh, you know, as we all know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, he just landed? He was traded ages ago. No, 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 we no. Couldn't make no you got to focus on the back end of it. Now, you have to understand they're trying to get take command off the ground. Take command's there, keep pounding. That's their hashtag, keep pounding. There's his take command. Now, again, watch how clumsy the transition is. It's hard. It's hard. One more time, hit it, Graver. And, uh, you know, as we all know, decided to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. <laughs> it's hard, though. It's so awkward to just try to do that. The social guy, <laughs> they land on the plane. He's on the plane. The first, hey, can you do this little thing? Wait, and you got to finish it with take command. Oh, okay. Wait, what? <laughs> it's just something about <laughs> Carson. He's trying his best. He's not the most charismatic guy. And he's like, no. and uh, uh, as you all know, no, nobody knows. <laughs> Literally no one knows what that means or what it's supposed to represent or whatever the hell they're trying to get across. What about a take two? Let's let's try that again and <laughs> what if that clean was that up take a little. Two? What if that was take oh, seven? That's, that's fair. I don't think he's you know he's a natural thespian <laughs> or something. But One more time. A lot of commanders in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Joe T. Oh, I love this team. I love and, this uh, team. You know, as we all know, excited to really go ahead and uh, start to take command. <laughs> Let's take a break and then get to Russell Wilson's press conference. All right, we're back. This has been something I've been excited about for a couple weeks now. Russell Wilson on a dais. This is how I imagined it to be, I got to say. I imagined it to be maybe Hackett's up there, the coach. Maybe General Payton's up there. Fine. But I wanted Sierra up there. I wanted future junior up there. I wanted future senior up there. I wanted the <laughs> they rapper were in the there. Crowd. They right. were in the crowd. Future the rapper was there? No, no he was there. Uh, his, cool. his children, uh, Russell Wilson's children and Sierra were in the crowd. I mean, I can't believe Sarah's not there. I can't believe she's not sitting next to Russ because that would have been great. But let's just play a couple things uh, from the presser. Why don't we start, Graver? Uh, where do we want to start? Let's just start off the top. Uh, General Payton. Um, explaining why uh, he was excited to have this new generational talent at quarterback. This is a historic day for the Denver Broncos and all our fans uh, out there in Broncos country. And we're thrilled to welcome quarterback Russell Wilson, a nine-time Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion, a Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, to the Denver Broncos. All right. And then uh, before Russell Wilson takes the stage, Nathaniel Hackett, he gets up, and the head coach, we like Hackett. Uh, we like his oh, vibe. I mean, you two guys really are over the top with it. I, 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 think, I like him fine. I kind of like he's got that embarrassing but good-natured dad vibe going on to him, and this is how he begins 
we have two parts here for Hackett. This is how he begins to address the media on this very exciting day in team history. Come on, y'all. Russell Wilson. Holy sh- um, Very exciting. <laughs> What Such is a not to move. like, Greg? Such like, a little no, league no, dad I, I, move. I like him. I mean, I that was him. an incredible opener right there. And then, like I said, it would have been cool if Sierra was up there on the dais. Uh, and that is something that I can absolutely promise you uh, that Mr. Hackett felt as well. I'm not going to lie. I was very excited to meet his wife. Um, almost probably more excited. Not going to lie. But sorry, Russ. <laughs> I mean, I, I like him because I feel like he says things that I would say. Maybe in weird situations, and You're I mean, right. I certainly Gravedigger would would probably echo but that like comment the, that he just made. The, the, what? Why? Because talking about another man's wife? Yeah, well, no, I, that, that's specific neighbor. to Gravedigger, but I'm saying in general the awkwardness is. Did, did you in, connect with that as a guy that covets thy neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> you, I think you have. Uh, yeah, there's something like listening to it back was great, but seeing his. Goofy face, Hackett and Dome as he's delivering this and looking down on CR and like halfway through it, he's almost just like, oh boy, uh, maybe this isn't going as perfectly as I want. Maybe this isn't going as perfectly as I want. Oh, I got to just finish it. Like no one laughed or anything. It was just weird. At one one point, he, he had an aside said, I'm very lucky to be up here in a suit. Like, I just, I don't know. The man is, he's intriguing. Yeah, like, he's, he was all he's over very the place. excited, and I, I think that goes a long wouldn't, way. Wouldn't it be cool if uh, Justin's uh, Twitter bio was like, producer, NFL Network, uh, host, Titans Film Room, covets thy neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> She's separated. We're together. Good point. Good clarification. <laughs> okay, right. good. So that, that, so that, I don't know why that came across as sad somehow, just the way you delivered yeah. that. But. Uh, and then Russell Wilson uh, took the stage. This is where I guess a little bit of a disappointment came in because you were looking for a ton of uh, Russell Wilson cliches. We did get one that I really enjoyed that I hadn't heard before, and it, it's something I guess that we should all strive uh, to keep in mind going forward. Every time I call a play, I want the offense to believe this play could go to the house every single time. You, know, you can't mistake the work, you know. Uh, you know, so I always, I always say success leaves clues. Mm. Success leaves clues. He always says it. I don't think he came up with that. I think that's probably been. What does that mean? I think you can tell along the way if you're doing the right thing. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that. Like Greg, it. do you agree with that or? I don't know that you can succeed the hard work in what you're doing. That's the clues. What no, if you're writing know. an NFL.com really article, right? right? I you're you're two paragraphs in, and they're great paragraphs. You can tell, you can see a clues towards an over, a successful overall article. Success leaves clues. I'm with you. Um, or leads to clues. I don't know. Okay. Leaves. No, leaves uh, clues. Leave the clues. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, and then uh, on the day we learned of the new uh, Washington catchphrase. Take command. Uh, is that what it is? We're we're in command. He said, "Start to take <laughs> command." To no, <laughs> take command is ha- the official hashtag. Okay. Uh, everybody wants to know. Uh, Russell Wilson famously would end all media engagement with "Go Hawks," uh, but he can't do that anymore. Although it'd be kind of funny if he did. But he does have a new one. This is his new sign-off. Get ready to hear this for the next three to ten years. Broncos country, let's ride. Oh. <laughs> what do you, one out of ten, what do you give it, Mark? 
I lived in Denver, so I have a soft spot for Denver on some level. But I'd, I'd be fine if we killed the Broncos country and just went with Let's Ride. I, I think it is a Let's Ride, okay. and well, I think he went back to I it later. I don't hate it. I don't hate I, Again, I think let's he was ride. understated on the cheesy scale compared to what Can some might expect. I'll have to decide here. Broncos country, let's ride. Ooh. Ooh he, he, he's got that little on, flair. Little, yeah, little, yeah, yeah, that's right. He yeah. put a little bit of the – Ciara at twelve thirty. Right, bedroom seduction. Uh, we uh, yes. we just signed our contract, and I'm Again, gonna go make a baby. He always wor- <laughs> he always works in that thing to let you know that he's in a physical relationship. Right. Those are the Even clues that, that he leaves. Yeah. Right. He leaves Success clues. Leaves like, clues. He leaves that clue. He, he when he does the like pretend I'm gonna go through the whole game in the warm ups. Like that's another clue. Right. Like hey, I'm Success a hard worker. Clues. That that's a clue. Absolutely. Um, the the Seahawks. Are leaving some clues though too, like their mm. their statement that they um, left or that they put out as Russell Wilson was talking. Patty, uh, uh, led by their owner, which is really unique to me. Led by their owner Jody Allen, the first sentence of which is, "While Russell made it clear he <laughs> wanted this change." He made Seattle proud, dotted oh dot, and then moved on quickly to new players. Our leadership is great, all about the future. And then Pete Carroll doubled down on it and said, as Jody mentioned, Russell <laughs> wanted this change. And like, wow, uh, this is uh, that's, that's what I petty. love about the NFL. It's such a petty league, and it's basically high school. Uh, and uh, Russell Wilson, Lindsey Jones, who's a, a great reporter uh, with The Athletic. Uh, she is the senior writer there. And she was plugged in enough, I guess, on Twitter to see that the Seahawks went down that road. So she quickly pivots and asks Russ about the Seahawks, making it very clear that you, sir, were the one that wanted to end the marriage. While we've been talking, the Seahawks have put out a statement where they said that you kind of initiated um, this. Why was it that you felt that it was a time, um, time for change? And when did that feeling really start for you? Yeah, I did initiate it. It was definitely mutual. Uh, along the way. There's definitely been a lot of conversations. This hasn't been I initiated anything, but it is what it is. I'm exci- I'm happy to be here. That's all I know. Uh, obviously, I'm happy about the 10 years I've had, but I think that, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, we'll have to read about it later. We'll have some fun, maybe in my book one day. We'll have some good stories. The way that she phrased that question was an A-plus home run out of the park. She left him with no avenue that, but to have to address it. And the way she worded it, he, have to, he, she, he even had to ask again what words she used because it was cutting. How petty did they put it out during the press conference? During that press is conference. insane. Yes. His, his facial reaction for half a second when she asked it was the most authentic and he wasn't expecting that. You know, yeah, <laughs> moment of the press conference because he was just he just got get this look at his face like oh, oh mother yeah that's it. <laughs> the look in his eyes like those sons of bitches <laughs> and doing Pete me Carroll, like as this. we're taping they're actually doing their own press conference I'm not really sure why just I guess announcing because free they signed signings. a center right uh, announcing free agency signings and Pete Carroll is quoted during that press conference saying we've been successful for a long time and we're proud of that but we're also proud of the fact that we know what we're doing. So he's just like, back off. We got this. It's fun. Fun little subplot. Cool dad uh, was asked, I guess, what his feeling was when he found out that it was happening. Oh, yeah. Pure joy. I like he, that no, he wasn't like asked anything. He just said that with <laughs> with no prompting. That's what what we liked about it. Um, so there you go. That is uh, the Russell Wilson press conference, and you know, hopefully uh, Nathan Nathaniel Hackett could keep it together uh, when Sierra's around during the season. Uh, it just seems like it's going to be a challenge for him. I but mean, I she him. 
there's no way she enjoyed that awkward five seconds. So, in hindsight, <laughs> he could, you know, revise the game plan here. I think they might the start future. to have a thing where, like, they have a little, you know, electric shocker on his body, and so when he starts to go off script, it's like, bing. right, just rein it in, Dad. <laughs> Chill it out. All right, there you go. Three shows in. It is now the new year for the NFL. It's the 2022 season. We'll probably be back with another show tomorrow. We're going to track what's going on in our league. and uh, These signings are going slow. Well more than half of the top 101 is still available, including 12 of the top 20. Five of the top ten. It usually doesn't go this slow. I don't. I don't have a great grand so, theory why, but it's definitely just kind of moving along slowly and instead of some all happening at once. Quarterback dominoes. Yeah, that maybe will determine the, where else might be the quarterback go. stuff. If you're like uh, one of our fans of the show, and we love you, who can't get enough of ATN, and like the more shows, the better. Having a fourth episode this week comes down to not us, but our league. You know, pepping it up a little bit. Let's get Allen Robinson off the board. Let's get Von Miller. Let's get Von Miller. Another off the quarterback move. Let's get let's Baker. Get, let's get Baker traded. Let's get Honey Badger moving. Uh, and if those things happen in the next 24 hours or so, you will hear from us. Uh, could be an emergency podcast from our own homes. You never know, Mark. Well, no, this is about show business. So give us a good show, we, NFL, and then we'll give them a show. We also have Friday, the Around the NFL broadcast. Right. So even if you don't hear from us on Thursday, you could check us out on Friday where we will give a full rundown of the week that was in our league. And then we'll be back Monday with another show. But again, you could hear from us again tomorrow. And if you don't, just listen to one of these episodes twice and you're covered. Anything else? Definitely not. Great no. job, Justin, behind the glass. I, Randy, hold it down Mark, all week. Um, Held fire on his uh, new enemy, uh, oh, yeah. George Payton. What was up with that? He, so you much. were really getting annoyed. You thought George what, Payton I'll, I'll was making it, it about him. Two, one little thing where he was like talking about he was in the room with Hackett and Russell Wilson. They were going to place like, I could only stick around for half an hour. Like, oh, you're so busy. Like, I get you're busy, but it's like he, he, he had a couple comments that felt a little corporate to me. Um, it kind of rubbed up against the, my past corporate jobs that were not non-fun. And he's kind of the guy on the conference call in this in this thing we just saw that needs to make the extra comment just to make everyone else aware that A, he's on the call Ooh, good, and B, look at, my little, look at my little call, like, like my little comment here. Right. It's like totally not helpful. We right. get it. You think you're... you're try, like you know, the media throws a question. Oh, we have a, we have one for uh, Mr. Payton and, and also Mr. Hackett. Like Pure what joy. Why? What What was the... <laughs> What was the real impetus between making sure you get Russell Wilson? And once Hackett jumps in first, Peyton can't be just like, oh, that's good enough to stand. He's like, right. I'm the one who made this happen. I need to say something as well. Right. Nothing and of I, note. And I realize I'm also. With I'm with you. I get I, it. I'm with myself also. But I, I am not um, <laughs> I'm not in, in the habit of trying to burn a bridge with every new episode. So I am I will TBD whether or not I find him a friend or foe. Right. And TBD whether Flashpoint series continues. Um, again, sometimes you just got to know if you want to have one of those special properties that just stands on its own, like let's say um, star um, star Wars, if star Wars uh, just did the, 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 the three movies, right way back when. Yeah. And they ended it with uh, Phantom Menace. If they just ended it there, no, 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 it would have been 
the legacy would have been secured. The 70s ones into the early 80s. You just stop right there. I think everyone would have been fine, to be honest. And yet they kept going. Right. And just it got sloppy. It's become a soup. Yeah. Phantom Menace may be the worst. It may be one of the worst movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's keep it out of this realm. We're not that's not what this podcast is about. You maybe take that to the Titans film room with that guy you fired. <laughs> you raised the topic. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you to everybody for listening. That's enough. Ridiculous. We'll be back maybe tomorrow. Definitely on Friday. Definitely Monday. Until then. Heed the call. <laughs> 